0: I heartily endorse this event or product.
1: Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talk to the Audience, where this is always death. I am one of your hosts, Bob Mackey, saying bye-bye to Berkeley, and who is here with me today, as always... Soon-to-be resident of Mission Hill, Henry Gilbert. Hello! And in case you didn't know, this is our community podcast. At the end of the month on the Patreon, at the beginning of the month on the free feed, we go over what happened in The Simpsons world and in our world, and then we respond to your questions and comments from the last round of episodes. And yes, this is the final Talk to the Audience of what i'm calling the berkeley era of talking simpsons (laughs) A, a one chapter ends another begins yeah we for the last five years
0: every podcast has been recorded in berkeley unless we were on assignment in like los angeles or on a live show in portland perhaps but other than that and especially during the lockdown Everything has been in this one room in in my Berkeley apartment. And
1: I think you're going to hear at least two months worth of episodes in the Berkeley apartment. But after that, it'll be the Pacific Northwest Remote Studios and then occasionally in person.
0: Yes. Yeah, uh, we're we're going to be working all that out over time. But this is the last community podcast here. And uh, I guess you can look forward to in August at some point, uh, I guess, probably the last one in August, I'm guessing, will be the last podcast we record in this Berkeley studio, but that remains to be seen. There's we're still scheduling it out up until the end here, but the, the notices have been put in the uh, we're leaving, (laughs) but the movers have been booked down
1: payments have been made
0: yes yeah Uh, apartment contracts have been signed with new old evil landlords have given way to new evil landlords it's uh it's a fun time yeah but a busy time to also be recording two months worth of podcasts in a month yes
1: (laughs) uh but thankfully this is kind of a light month for talk to the audience i think most of the news is about us and uh changes that will be happening and things that will be remaining the same just to update our listeners we'll get to that in a bit. Let's go over Simpsons news. The Writers Guild strike is still going on. And uh, recently there was a gathering of many Simpsons all-stars from uh, Matt Groening to James L. Brooks to Conan O'Brien, Al Jean, Josh Weinstein, Dana Gould and Matt Selman. uh, And even friends of friends were there. So, uh, you know, even if they're not on the show, they're supporting the Guild and the Simpsons writers. So it was fun to see them all out there. And uh I would have liked to be there, but I feel like they wouldn't have wanted a fan in their midst.
0: I I wonder, you know, we would have had uh Julia Prescott was there, previous guest on Talking Simpsons slash writer of a Simpsons episode. That's the
1: one thing we haven't done yet. Yeah, that, but <laughs> that's but an I, important stipulation.
0: Maybe Julia could, you know, if we were there, like, hey, can we be your friends and carry a sign here? But I, you know, I wondered like the more the merrier they'd maybe want us, but yes. They probably want to focus on their ba- Their totally reasonable battle for their demands of the strike. And they don't want friends gawking at that or fanboys gawking at them and saying, like, oh, Matt Grady, will you draw on my side? <laughs> I want to keep this forever. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, they're caring about uh, you know, health care for their children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and if their jobs can continue to exist in a livable way and not be replaced by AI... Uh yeah no uh the the coolest thing this is getting ahead of a future story on this podcast but uh Josh Weinstein was there and uh he said that he met guys that he hadn't seen in like 20 years uh at it who I I would assume that includes Conan O'Brien who we've we've heard from Josh tell the story of how it was you know Bill Josh conan
1: and dan mcgrath for like a month at the simpsons offices it sounded fun i was thinking this could be dangerous for us because all of these writers gathering sharing old stories what if one of them thinks hey guys we need to start a podcast
0: oh man and they've got all this free time being on the picket
1: line those office ladies are cleaning up yeah i mean they are they they're doing
0: pretty good no i i hope dana Gould doesn't think to do such a thing Uh, you know he can barely get out one podcast a month if if i were to think Julia Prescott, her being there especially, if she could just talk all the Simpsons writers into being on with her, I think... But it's just that monthly we that weekly commitment. I don't think they could do it. No, That's no, that, yeah. I they, mean, they weren't
1: they weren't raised in the podcast <laughs> ecosystem. They don't know what it's like.
0: Also, they know the comfort of being millionaires or that in, too. In, <laughs> in Burks's case, billionaires. I'd say are close to it. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> yes. we I mean, wish them luck. We support the writers but, and everyone who's unionized in the industry and people who haven't, who yeah. aren't allowed. There, there were tons of cool picks from
0: it. Look, look them up. The deadline has a good collection of them from all the fun that was having there. That and. Conan O'Brien had some funny stuff to say, and seeing even James L. Brooks on the picket line was was really interesting to see. And yeah, oh, and Matt Selman wore a bootleg Bart shirt to it, which was extra funny. That's and, great. Oh, and friend of friend, uh, and, and voice of Julio on the show, Tony Rodriguez was there too, uh, taking picks. That was really neat to see. So
1: So a lot of people have emailed me about this. <laughs> a lot of people have DM'd me about this, and now I have to say to all of you, listeners, Henry, pack your bags. We're starting a new podcast. Under the sea. Um, Also, five people died. Uh, One of them (laughs) wasn't Mike Reese.
0: Yes, he's a survivor. Yes. (laughs) He's a survivor of it.
1: I'm sorry, that was in bad taste. (laughs) Yes, uh, for about three or four days, there was a sub disaster uh, in which the Ocean Gate sub went down to see old Mr. Titanic, um, but it was a garbage tin can uh, made by an idiot and a <laughs> An lot of people Bob. uh well I, I i use a different synonym and uh you know a lot of people died i only feel bad for the kid really but mm. um the the sheer hubris it almost 100 years sorry no more than 100 years later the titanic claimed more victims
0: yeah I, I i'm stealing this from james cameron in the many interviews he did but he pointed out the like titanic the titanic is sunk because of extreme hubris and now a group of people die because they're like, nah, we don't need to take all the safety precautions. We can do this. And uh, I mean, yeah, you know, also the name of it being Ocean Gate makes it like, it's already a... a uh, uh, the news titles, there already... They were
1: anticipating a scandal. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out because, you know, Mike Reese uh, has been famous amongst his peers and recently amongst podcast listeners for traveling around the world with his wife, doing things he mostly doesn't want to do. <laughs> but he took four trips in one of these Ocean Gate things, once to the Titanic, and he claims that every time he went under, there were serious communication issues. How... I don't understand why he did this more than once. When I saw the inside of that thing after the news broke, I had a panic attack just thinking of getting on that thing while it was not submerged. It's like the size of a minivan. There are no seats. You're just squatting on the floor... And there's like a little porthole in front of you that's maybe like ten inch circumference, I guess, to, that you look out for
0: just a second. Like, hey, there it is. That's the Titanic, or whatever. Yeah, like, it turns out we have robots that we can send down there, <laughs> and uh, they can take better pictures. It it seems insane. It I mean, it was insane. Like, there's a reason people don't do that. And like, it was it was a gamble with his life every time he did it. I mean, there's there's a not too far off universe where mike reese is one of the sad lost passengers on this thing and forever we'd be like oh yeah remember that you know tragedy of the ocean gate well that's where one of the like most important simpsons writers ever died because because what he had to spend two hundred thousand dollars to go on this thing i mean 250k 250 Yeah. yeah it's nuts man i i mean yeah it's uh and so this is how it came into our world i've I've had this conversation a few times with uh with with friends recently of saying like yeah we barely want to know all of them agree of like i don't want to know i'm tired of hearing about this fucking thing it's sad but like that five people die every second in america for lots of reasons yeah and then i was like well i have to know because mike
1: reese says
0: a ton (laughs) of stories about it
1: i mean i really don't understand who are these titanic freaks only one man deserves to have that title and it's james cameron because he made the movie about it you find out there are these independent titanic freaks who are still obsessed with that disaster and it turns out uh like three of the people on that ship or four of them were titanic freaks that
0: i i'm shocked There, there are such freaks for the Titanic who then want the cheap version of what James Cameron does and lives with his life like he spent millions of dollars on on getting a good thing that can actually go that low and he's a weird and he's a weird nutcase in a fun way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a USA Today quote from Mike Reese uh, about uh, the Ocean Gate thing. Mike Reese says quote it's always in the back of your head that this is dangerous and any small problem will turn into a major catastrophe Reese said, adding that all four of his Ocean Gate trips had communication issues. Quote, that seems to be just something baked into the system, he continued. I don't blame Ocean Gate. I blame the deep water for that. (laughs) Uh, Continuing, Reese also recalled that passengers set to embark on an Ocean Gate voyage had to sign a waiver mentioning the possibility of death three times on the first page. To quote Reese, sometimes you do things knowing these risks and hoping for the best, he said. (laughs) Now, I feel like Mr. Reese has a bit of money poisoning because... He, uh, I don't feel like he's taking this as seriously as he should, but maybe he's thinking, like, with the hindsight of, oh, that could have been me. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I also feel like, from personal experience, the less money I have, the fewer risks I take. So maybe once you reach the stature of Mike Reese jet setting all around the country, you don't consider this to be a major risk. I mean, he has
0: done other risks too. Like, you saw that, uh, there's was that video of him like on a waterfall and like right up to the edge. Like he it's I mean, it's funny that he's an extremely rich guy and his wife kind of pressure or seems to the comedic ideas that his wife makes him go to all these places. Yeah, I uh, mean, I think he does like it. The
1: podcast is called I think. How did I end, end up here? Is yeah, that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And he's but he's doing and hey, talk about podcaster spirit. The second the news broke, before he was getting on all the interviews and stuff, he tweeted, I went on this thing last year. Here's my podcast about it. That's what a podcaster does. Absolutely. Yeah. Cash in on death. (laughs) It's like, hey, whatever's in the news, even some people... uh, Well, he was in that magic uh, time of like, they might not be dead. So it's not too ghoulish to promote on this thing. I did read that like the way they died would have been like is these is an implosion that they wouldn't have a second to even feel the pain yeah you're
1: just torn apart by the heat of a thousand suns the second that pressure it can reach your body and that's it
0: (laughs) yeah you wouldn't have your brain couldn't move fast enough to feel that in time so yeah I I do wonder if this will make Mike Reese reconsider or not uh, the other dangerous things he does around the world but you know too he's not him and his wife they're they're a childless rich couple like they probably are like "Eh, we're not going to like orphans like what do we care like let's just have fun (laughs) this
1: this really struck me uh i could only laugh at it not out of cruelty but one of my greatest fears is dying in a very stupid way (laughs) and unfortunately all of these people did and their deaths will just be jokes. They died saying, "That thing will never kill me." Here I go into that thing. Goodbye, everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, and then they're just going
1: to be a footnote on a Wikipedia page for the rest of their lives. It sucks, but it's just so dark. You can only just—it's all you can do—is laugh. It'll be—we've recorded it already, but it'll be
0: like how the Segway company owner died on a Segway, and it's all you'll ever know about him. And yeah, it, I mean, yeah, the the for the grieving family members of these of uh, these these people who passed away. It probably will be an extra annoyance that for the rest of their lives, they're going to say, like, oh, well, my uncle, father, whatever died. And they'll say, well, how did they die? And they have to go, like, Do you remember when you heard about that stupid sub that imploded? Well, well, uh, that that's. Sucks. I think
1: the stepson of that billionaire is going to try to get laid based off of this event.
0: It definitely seems like there is some, uh, yeah, that s- somebody related to a billionaire on there. Was definitely trying to get uh, clout, like social media clout, out of it, but which is all we have. Like even even the rich want the clout. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and
1: yes, uh, because something in the news happened, and there was something. Kind of kind of similar to it on The Simpsons. We had a whole new slate of Simpsons predicted it articles. And yes, it was similar in the way that Homer was trapped in a submarine once, but none of the details were the same. Mm-hmm. Technically, I predicted it because I played Steel Diver for the 3DS in 2011. <laughs> okay? Right.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I mean there's they're not they're also like not in a tin can like like the batman the animated series predicted it because in one early episode batman gets sealed up in a steel drum and dropped in water like yeah but if if
1: like mr burns had a a undersea submarine tour that was shoddily built and homer went on it And, you know, it was all the other hubristic issues that were involved with Ocean Gate. Maybe it would be uh, slightly convincing, but in this case, it's like, no, Homer and some other guy had independent submarines that were well-built, but Homer got pinned down under some crap in the Titanic, right? Yeah. Was it the Titanic? Actually, it wasn't even the Titanic. It was just on a coral reef.
0: Like, yeah, it was just, it was him and his, it's the episode where he thinks he has a real dad who's not Abe. But the one that made me, like, write shut the fuck up media about this was... The extra level was the New York Post, which obviously, like, technically a major newspaper, but also, like, shit, is that they not only had the predicted it headline taken from that season 17 episode, but they also conflate it with Simpson Tide in the article because that they can say uh. and the guy it was written by the guy who was on the Titanic thing later. And they say like of course Homer gets trapped underwater after getting the sub that he's part of the Naval Reserves. And it like my blood was boiling and i well and my husband goes on TikTok much more than me and that is filled oh. with even more than not,
1: twitter will show you I, of people going I, like they predicted it i have to stay off the TikTok; it just mm-hmm. would piss me off too much but yeah um it, they didn't predict this because everyone on that episode lived yes also that. <laughs> more important it's the more important thing <laughs> right no it's uh
0: bah, god but it happens every time i mean the same day Like, uh, David Merkin retweeted another article of like Simpsons predicted it collective things. And every time I'm like, guys, this is the, like, I know that the way that the SEO system works is every outlet that is a, is a website has has to have an article called Simpsons predicted it like
1: I know that but still give it a rest I mean I I I guess I uh, I guess I want to believe better but I couldn't believe that there are still new 30 ways Simpsons predicted the future new articles new ones and they're just people re or maybe it's just AI rewriting the same articles (laughs) over and over probably that's more likely I'm guessing likely yeah. yeah now and well but Bob had the best
0: who predicted it tweet out there for sure oh
1: yeah and I can't believe it took me um two days into the disaster to Realize this. The Get a Life episode, Neptune 2000, features the main character Chris Peterson and his dad inside of a sub that he builds himself, and they nearly die because they go in the shower to have fun as a father and son and then they almost run out of oxygen
0: they are trapped in there and nearly
1: suffocate in the shower yeah but (laughs) despite me tweeting about that nobody cares about get a life so that received no traction but I feel like more people need to know if anything predicted the disaster to the point where a sitcom can predict anything it was that episode of get a life
0: it's really too bad people did not bother to watch get a life on the DVD that it finally released and we and we need to direct more people you listener out there if you haven't heard our get a life episode that we did two years ago you have to listen to it because also it is do you like seasons five and six of the simpsons that's what david merkin was doing right before that and it is a clear line mm-hmm. of that
1: show from uh to the simpsons seasons he did yes please check it out and get a life mm-hmm. uh other things that are happening that don't make us mad are uh <laughs> well there's uh they've been re-releasing a lot of the Treehouse of Horror comic series via these hardcovers. The second one is coming out on August 1st, and uh, Wife of the Show, Nina Matsumoto's stories will be in it. Yes, yeah, it's
0: coming out August 1st, the Treehouse of Horror Omnibus volume 2. Finally getting back in print these uh, Bongo books for... Bongo was put on ice for a little bit, but now the uh, at least the archives are being um, exploited. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: Will the writers and artists receive royalties from these reprints? no no they won't (laughs) uh but hey at least at least more people will be able to see nina's uh images out there yeah i agree i don't know if those are even available digitally or not the her old stories
0: i think they were for a time but not anymore i mean yeah you just have to you gotta well soon you'll be able to actually pay money for them but yes i uh I heard though, you know, uh, I, I think I had heard that Bongo did a better page rate than a lot of places back then, uh, uh, but not that that gives you um, this uh, the sweetest plum of um, of, re- of uh, royalties from
1: stuff. Well, I don't yeah. want to speak for my wife, but I will, and she did enjoy working for them. Mm-hmm. No, it sounded yeah. it sounded like a good time. Yeah, so, so yeah, check that out, August first. And in other news, our friends at the Hard Drive website recently ranked every Simpsons game. Uh, wrestling was worst, Hit and Run was the best, Arcade was number three, and the 2007 game was number two. And hey, I totally agree with this, and I'm glad that someone else finally wrote about every game. I don't want to be the only one credited on a Wikipedia for these citations anymore. <laughs> finally, someone else will be uh, next to you on it. They, they definitely were on
0: your side of like, you know what, Camp Deadly is not as bad as ...as the other uh, of that era.
1: Yeah, I haven't played wrestling, and I honestly really want to say that... uh, ...Bartman meets Radioactive Man might be the worst, but wrestling has to be pretty bad wrestling
0: seems more broken than yeah. radio versus radio or meets at beta- radio active man i i mean it shows my age too that i'm like no arcade's always going to be number one it's like well yeah because you were an adult when hit and run came out and you don't care as much <laughs> like but and like and runs probably better and they even another thing they gave I, i'll give pluses to hard drive was they actually gave a real review to tapped out in there they're like look there's a reason it's this successful it is actually it is actually fun to play it though it's a money eating machine really
1: yeah yeah uh <laughs> i i I, ta- I tapped out on that game very hey. early once i realized it was frankie Ac- you pay for it. that was even before frankie Ac. No, yeah, I never. I've fallen
0: for several um, scam apps that have taken my money, but not tapped out. That's. The
1: <laughs> and Matt Salmon recently did an interview with Cracked, and it's about being a, a modern writer and, uh, I guess, semi-showrunner of The Simpsons, and it was an interesting perspective because, yes, he joined in season ten, and even way the hell back then, the the thought about The Simpsons was a, it's still on, and b, oh, it's gotten so bad, and I'm sure. Simpsons podcasters we have to hear it but as a, as a showrunner and writer he's got to hear it even more like at parties his friends his family members I'm sure they're like you're still writing for that mm, that show's still on? yeah, you, yeah. you're up for Seinfeld <laughs> you're still writing for The Simpsons uh, Matt Selman's like you're
0: you're in the house The Simpsons built right now yeah I it was funny to read it and that yes that he is kind of the majority showrunner of the show right now which is is pretty interesting that he's there and I I'm reminded too of when he did. When he did Doughboys, they did a trivia contest, the uh, Simpsons trivia contest of Mitch versus him, why you're asking the questions. And they said. And these questions are limited to subjects from seasons one through 10. And then someone's like, Oh good. another thing that drives home that everybody thinks every season I worked on sucks.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit that uh, a few things someone does, uh, it winds me up a little bit like the disrespect for Canon, but people are very roots him online. And they do cover the, that in this interview where I've mentioned it before, but Matt Solomon will be tweeting about an episode. People will respond, not knowing who he is saying, Oh, that show's awful. Cancel it already. And he's, He's the guy who ran that episode. So if you like, look at his replies, look at the people, the tactless people just saying, oh, fuck the Simpsons. It's been awful for 25 years. That does sound pretty horrible.
0: Yeah. yeah. We, we, uh, through Julia Prescott, we got to see a tiny bit of that of a uh, a well-meaning fan added all of us and said, hey, what'd you think of that new treehouse? I thought it was all right. And it was the one she fucking wrote. I was like, don't add it. And she, of course, humorously responded with something like, oh, you know, I thought it was okay, but the new writer doesn't really know what they're doing. But I mean, something like that.
1: I had a very, very slightly similar thing as a podcaster. And this happened maybe like last summer where someone introduced themselves. And I was like, oh, it's a fan. Cool. But they introduce themselves as oh i used to listen to your show all the time and i didn't know what to do with that information
0: yeah what the hell yeah like yeah you know what just lie to me and say you still listen it's like (laughs) oh i used to love your show and i'm like yeah i'm still doing it (laughs) used to like oh i used to be a patron like thanks okay i I don't need
1: to know that information is what i'm saying you can (laughs) choose to listen or not just the weird thing i need to respond to yes yeah i guess but that's that's how social media has trained a lot of people i guess and uh henry wrote something about ai in the notes there's a bunch of simpsons irl uh, as conceived by ai i mean ai it's making simpsons it's writing and directing flash movies what can it do it's making opening <laughs> credits for marvel series oh
0: that's the worst that's the worst or that's the new low but yes there was i i just wanted to say i'm sick of seeing these stories when i when i go to google quote the simpsons unquote and then new and then the news tab When the top seven are like, check out Simpsons IRL from my AI site. And it's, you know, some some AI artist says they made like, here's what the Simpsons look like in real life. And it's the shit you've seen eight trillion times, just a new version of it. I don't give a shit anymore. I don't. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'd rather see that old CGI render of Homer from maybe like 2012 where it's like, what if Homer was realistic because an artist actually made that image?
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. A real person made it. And that was probably an image that got fed into that fucking machine that spits out this shit. Like, no, I, (laughs) I am sick
1: of AI art. To the extreme, yes. And yeah. I mean, we mentioned the strike earlier. We're also this is a month of bad news for animation. Shows are getting thrown in the fire. They're being renewed, but uh their first seasons are being taken off the air. It's 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 a really bad time. Pixar's failing. Yeah. Oh God, it was a bad month for Pixar. And also, even
0: the movie that was like good, and you just want to say like, oh, but is still good. Of Across the Spider Verse. Then yesterday, at the time of this recording, Vulture has a story talking to animators who really, like a hundred animators quit that thing because uh, they mainly were saying Phil Lord's way of producing it made them waste a lot of time and man hours on things uh, thanks to his indecision.
1: Do you think being named Lord gave him a god complex? (laughs) I think the Oscar gave him a god Uh... complex. I mean,
0: success makes you think that your way of doing things is the way to do it, and that... That article is filled with... They didn't get a quote from Lord, but they did get Amy Pascal, who's a, a been... She's produced Spider-Man movies since the 2002 Spider-Man movie, and her feeling was a little bit like, welcome to Hollywood, that's making... And that's just what we hear with games, of like, hey, yeah. Constant Crunch is the only way to make a good game. Like, uh, it's not called friend business. I just hate that, that like, oh no, this uh, if, if it works with a success, and it sucks because i love phil lord's work i think i'm in in both our having uh in both of our what we've been watching i think we're going to talk a lot about uh phil lord show
1: we enjoy this month like yeah. i think he's still great he plays a supervillain and he is one in real life apparently <laughs> yes
0: it, and also it's disappointing to learn that like they talk about the three directors of it but from the uh vulture article of the people uh using pseudonyms to describe it uh it sounded like phil lord constantly overwrote any of the things of the directors and the directors were not, it is Phil Lord's movie and all the calls he could make and just throwing out uh, the practice of not knowing what you want until fully finished animation is made instead of like storyboards or even layouts that wastes uh, like literally thousands of hours of people's lives. And, and it's not very fair to the people you're working with especially non union Vancouver based people sony pictures this was also I learned. sony pictures animation based in america that's union but the real grunt work of mm. animating across the spider-verse was done in the vancouver-based non-union sony pic no sony pictures image works that's uh, the name of it yes. well
1: you know i'm probably going to see it in vancouver and there's going to be a real stink on that movie i think <laughs> by the time i get oh, around to seeing it
0: yeah that's true yeah but oh. uh but yeah anyway i'm sick of ai stories and and i hope The SAG might be striking soon, too. So if there's a duo strike of SAG and WGA, I hope that turns up the pressure on those
1: fat cats in Hollywood. Yeah, there's lots of video games to play lately. We can just keep ourselves busy with those for the next... Ten years, there's too fucking many. Yeah. Why? Uh, no video games for three
0: years, now, and now every video game comes out this year. It's uh, boy, we're being punished. Uh, <laughs> so
1: yeah, there's just a little bit of Simpsons news this month, but most of the news is about us. Yeah. Uh, but first, our schedule for July, and of course, uh, what a cartoon comes first. And with what a cartoon, we're returning to the world of Duckman and checking out the episode "The Once and Future Duck." It is like everything, everywhere, all at once, but it stars Duckman, and I say that's an improvement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> take that uh, uh, I love that movie by the no, way no, I lo- <laughs> yeah no it's it is uh, just like how that film was a tour de force for Michelle Yeoh uh, that this is for Jason Alexander it's a great great episode of the show and it's just sitting on YouTube for you to watch no no wor- <laughs> you don't have
1: to yeah. buy the DVDs though hey the DVDs are nice and they're $20 or something it's really cheap yeah 20 bucks for like 70 episodes of Duckman <laughs> yeah. I, I would totally take advantage of that uh yeah the once in future duck for Duckman is our what a cartoon episode and then we have our mini series episodes if you're on the patreon at patreon.com slash talking simpsons at the five dollar level we have talking futurama the episode teenage mutant leela's hurdles one of the greatest futurama episode title names ever it's about the crew aging backwards and we also have for talking to the hill pretty pretty dresses the christmas episode that's also about suicide but yeah. it does a really good job with both issues.
0: Yeah, I, I totally understand if some people who are sensitive to self harm stories like this maybe don't want to go into it. But I think we do. I uh, have a whole lot of fun at talking about it, and of course, we are mental health professionals. so yes. we're great at talking about. I it. I did so. one Better Help ad. <laughs> that qualifies uh, me. I it's but yes, I I really enjoy teenage mutant leals Herals, but. Pretty Pretty Dresses is one of my all-time favorite King of the Hill episodes. It's I, a great one. I can't one. wait for it.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we're working way ahead because of our moves, and by the time this episode goes live you're listening to, we'll have August miniseries episodes already recorded. That's so, right, yeah.
0: yeah. We're getting way ahead, yeah. <laughs> so, duh, we're not, you're not going to hear us talk about the new episodes of Futurama until like the September, September episode yeah. of Futurama. <laughs> Maybe
1: that'll be a new episode we'll cover. Oh, I month. like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, and our what a cartoon movie for july is going to be a bug's life we decided for the rest of the summer of pixar to do a few of what we see as the lesser but still interesting movies for a very good reason and we'll talk about that as soon as we go over our revised schedule for july so yes in july we're going to be going a little bit lighter on content because um, obviously henry and i need time to move in my case it's an international move that involves a lot of other work uh, that's more complicated than just moving to a new state and um if we lighten up on podcasts that's less edits to pay for and of course henry and i need to set up in new locations and buy new equipment and stuff so there's a cost issue and there's a time issue and because of that we're just going to be cutting back on a very few things so let me go over how july will be different so in terms of episodes that will be cut there will be no talking simpsons for the first week of july that's the second week if you're on the free feed and there will be no talk to the audience the last week of july that's the first week of august on the free feed. now uh we really can't record a talk to the audience that's most of the reason but it also gives us one fewer thing to do before the move but we'll both be in disarray by the time it's time to record the next talk to the audience so there will just won't be one in july for the first time but then in august we're going to double up on questions and news and everything so you'll be treated to a bigger episode then
0: I can't imagine on July 23rd being able to do anything yes. but uh, moving stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I could record a live one from like, hey, the movers are walking in and out of here, Bob. But uh, so what did you watch this month? They're, they're telling me to shut up and
1: get out of the <laughs> uh, way.
0: And yeah, I mean, we're also going to take off the, um, you know, it is July 4th. So, and, and we're nothing if not patriotic. We love America. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yes, no talking Simpsons the first week of July. No talk to the audience the last week of July. And then- You probably didn't know it was coming, but there was going to be a Blab and Bab Batman in July that's going to be moved to later in the fall. But we're still going to be doing four episodes this year. And we're having a slight change to What a Cartoon Movie for our $10 patrons. Uh, we're still doing episodes. Uh, I can actually spoil the August episode if you don't mind, Henry. Oh, no, let's say it. Yeah. Uh, it's Cars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically what we're going to do with What a Cartoon Movie is we're going to still do our full history segment. But instead of doing a four to five hour movie segment with clips, we're going to be doing syncable commentaries just for those two months because that will save us a lot of time and productivity but you'll still get the podcast you're paying for and it'll be a new and hopefully novel experience for you. Henry and I have done about four or five commentaries for retronauts and they've been a lot of fun so we've been training for this moment.
0: Yeah, we've uh we like the more relaxed air of it but I mean too I like that we're doing it with Cars and Bugs Life because those are lighter ones as well. Like I I mean I could easily talk for four hours about bugs life if you challenge me to I'm sure but we'll we'll have a lot of fun and, and it cuts
1: down on just how long we're gonna have to talk about say Kevin Spacey or whoever yes <laughs> exactly yeah so uh, yeah uh, uh, we're gonna be cutting back on a few episodes in July. And then in July and August, the What a Cartoons will be a little different, but you're still going to be getting what you're paying for Uh, a fully uh, research history segment and a very informed commentary for both A Bug's Life and Cars. And then back to the normal format in September. And then, one final thing if you're listening on the free feed, we still value you, which is why, uh, on those days in which there are no Talking Simpsons uh, in July and August, there will be uh, mini series episodes from both Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill. So, if you haven't checked out the, the mini series waiting for you at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you'll get a sample of both of those. Uh, the second week of July and the first week of August, when you won't be getting the Talking Simpsons episodes you expect. So, uh, for the free feed folks, no interruptions. If you're on the Patreon, there'll be a few brief interruptions, but we really uh, hope you understand. Uh, we have a lot going on right now. We want to get back on our feet as soon as we get moved in.
0: Yes, yeah, and I can't, I can't wait till we're all settled in. When you guys hear the talk to the audience at the end of August. Uh, hopefully me and bob are both just like boy what isn't this a great new setup it sure is
1: yes it's... i've never had a comfortable place to record from home <laughs> in my entire 12 years as a podcaster and i can't wait to have a dedicated podcasting
0: room yes uh, where i can have all my my favorite uh knickknacks and pictures of my simpson cells behind me and yeah i mean you guys have seen uh i, I know on our Instagram uh the last time nina was here for instance though they shared a picture or she she shared a picture of uh what our recording setup is which is basically in a dining table in my living room and so having a dedicated podcast room for both of us is going to be a big big
1: upgrade and i've been in my current apartment for nine years and i've never decorated it because i always (laughs) thought i was leaving (laughs) i honestly do live in a men really live like this apartment (laughs) no except i have a couch i don't have a folding chair in front of a tv playing bloodborne
0: you don't sleep on a pile of clothes
1: no no i do have a bed frame and i have a bed uh, and a mattress too so yeah Yeah. no
0: that's uh, that's a step up from uh, when i first moved uh, my original uh single man way of living was like, hey, I bought a box spring. I can just be on the floor. Like I don't need more than that. I was
1: actually thinking about my lot in life and how uh, things are moving up for the for the Mackies. <laughs> uh, when I first moved to California, I didn't have a bed for four years. Four years. I did not sleep on a bed for four years. Wow. Oh, these you, you had a
0: futon? Was it? Oh, uh, I had
1: a piece of foam on the floor. <laughs> And then I had a couch. Wow. Yeah, man. And when I got to bed in 2013, oh my God, no, 2014, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I felt like my life had changed man how and that's what
0: it cost to be a games journalist back yes. then, folks that's that was the they, price we, paid. we couldn't
1: afford beds
0: <laughs> we, we were put when we were reviewing video games we were doing it from f- pieces piles of foam on the floor and they were like uh, we don't
1: pay you anything why don't you buy your own consoles
0: <laughs> oh right yes yeah you, you want us to buy you the console those like, are expensive yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyways yes Uh, uh, Things are are doing well for us Things are looking up for us They were never looking down really But I'm saying here We we appreciate your support And we couldn't be going to uh, Great new cities without All of our great listeners And uh, thanks for keeping us going
0: yeah, we can't wait. We just passed you know, a six-year milestone. We can't oh. wait to do a whole other six years and plus uh, from our new era of Talking Simpsons.
1: That's one thing I forgot. Yeah, six years. And uh, on our Patreon, you can see the amount of times things have been tagged with a certain tag. And I'm waiting for the podcast tag to hit 1,000. It won't be too long, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it's like at 846 or something. Wow. So that means soon we will have posted 1,000 audio files to the patreon and i hope the backend can support us
0: yeah they you bet the patreon better keep upgrading things that like, yeah uh, they they when we first started on patreon i think it was like what 120 was the limit it was definitely under it was definitely under 300 megabytes of, of size for an audio file. Now,
1: now it's under 500 i think
0: i think so yeah, yeah. we had to uh some of our there were a couple movies where the length of our movies got so long that they had to be two parts uploaded and then fortunately not long after that they upgraded and you could upload something to like 500 megs or something once they so. realized like oh this is really just for podcasts isn't it? <laughs> they wanted to be for we're,
1: we're banning all the porn
0: <laughs> oh yes yeah i was gonna say well it's for porn but no it's less so for porn now you know yeah. the only
1: fans they really saw an opportunity god bless them yeah good good on them yeah yeah (laughs) so now it's time to talk about what we've been playing and watching not related to the podcast and yes of course i'm playing tears of the kingdom although uh i don't want to complain like oh i'm so tired up from my podcasting job but (laughs) i've been doing a lot of podcasting and a lot of errands and honestly breath of the wild no sorry tears of the kingdom is like the object rotating game and i can barely rotate an object in my head at the end of the day so i've been taking it very easy on that game I've also been playing, uh, I finished it last night actually, the uh, The visual novel mystery game Paranorma Site. It's this really cool horror mystery game that Square Enix released in the spring. It's about 12 hours long. It's really cool and it does some interesting things with a low budget uh, presentation that I thought like, oh, this should be the standard for all of these kind of games for the future.
0: That's cool. I, You know, I've barely touched Tears, though I've been quite a gamer this month, but Tears, you just put it together so well why i think i've had trouble because the brain power for other games is different for like for tears of the kingdom to glue together all these things it was like just turning the board at the start of the game in a circle and gluing a thing to the side of was like oh well oh man this this seems like a lot and then of course you feel i feel a certain like I'll never be good enough to build a Gundam or whatever that you see online of some of the shit people have built.
1: Uh, the good thing about that game is though you can really brute force your way through uh, situations. It's it's also the oh my god I can't believe that work game.
0: Yeah, which uh, I definitely felt that in Breath of the Wild. So I I want to continue that. I I'll I'll make
1: time for tears
0: though. Then again, when will I with all these games coming out? Uh, well,
1: I have, you have to, to see. finish your old games. <laughs> I, I've seen how many hours Henry has on. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I'm ashamed of you, Henry. Yeah, I know, I know. I look it's,
0: it's stuff. You happens, got to keep those yeah. numbers secret. I should have. I should have switched on to that. Yes. Hey, if you could see my hour count on Marvel Snap, you'd be impressed with that.
1: Though. I'm saying there's a hundred hours of uh, Breath of the Wild waiting for you if you ever want to go back.
0: <laughs> All right, I should finish that first and then um, tears. Yeah. We're
1: also about halfway through our lives if we're lucky. So you have to really figure out what what you need to prioritize here. Mm, that's true. Yeah. yeah. No, Unless gonna... we get into any subs. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. No, I intend to live forever Bob oh yeah so I, I don't need to make choices I need to figure that out for myself <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah not a lot of gaming this month I've been watching uh, still going through better call Saul I think I can finish it by the end of the week uh, because I'm at the middle point of season six which is the last season it's you're really, really zooming through it it's I've been watching like one episode a day w- with dinner it is such a slow burn but it, it really pays off like everything really pays off Um, in by the end of season six I'm really enjoying it well now you're really be ready for Incredibles 2 which
0: features Bob Odenkirk and Jonathan Banks in in big roles. <laughs> I, I
1: now I really want to see that movie. <laughs> so yes, I've been going through the Rocky sequels as well, and I saw Rocky three, and I didn't like it very much. Um, it reminded me of Creed three. Did I talk about this last month? I can't uh, remember. I th- we talked about this in okay. person, but I don't think so. It's it's like uh, it's really weird in that um, Creed three had the issue that I had with this movie, in that Rocky's about rooting for the underdog. But now they want you to root against the underdog. And the way they make up for it is making him a cartoon character. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, Mr. T is good at that. Yeah. Yes, and- but
1: it's like you learn nothing about him. <laughs> Clubber Lang emerges from Toontown to kill Rocky. <laughs> well,
0: and also like they... It's it's the start of the practice in Rocky of killing off supporting characters from previous movies to give Rocky something to fight for, you know. they They kill off his trainer and then basically... Uh, Adrian, uh, the, basically he has to be trained to fight like an African-American. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I was yeah, going to say.
1: Yeah. Uncomfortable <laughs> racial element to this movie where it's like, I I must fight like the black man. So he has to go to an inner city gym in LA and it's the only black people you ever see in the movie outside of Clever Lang.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit much. So, and hey, they're like, yeah, we'll help you. <laughs> so now that you've seen this movie, well, I guess you got to see four to know the other side of it. But in the first creed movie they tell you who wins the fight that ends the third rocky movie okay because remember they have their rematch ding ding and then they start the fight and then uh, they never say who wins but then in the creed movie rocky tells Donnie creed uh who who won the fight but, uh, it's, yeah, it's funny you're going kind of backwards uh, from, uh, from seeing the Creed movies and then seeing the original Rockies, you know. There's
1: this amazing line that Mickey says in Rocky 3 that I never hear anyone quote in my life. And it's Mickey, he says, You ever fight a dinosaur kid? They can cause a variety of damage. <laughs> what? Yes, he I says, I forget this line. You ever fight a dinosaur kid? They can cause a variety <laughs> of damage. Because he's like, he's a dinosaur! He's calling the the other boxer like a, a terrific beast i see basically i
0: i mean you know rocky 3 is a favorite of boxing fans because it is the story of like the champ gets soft and then has to find his fire again which is also the plot of creed 3 as well uh but uh but creed 3 that's on pause talking about that one right now <laughs> yes it is mm, yeah
1: um and i saw palm springs for the first time Not knowing what it was about. I'm not going to tell you folks out there what it's about. It's a 90-minute movie. It's a good comedy. It came out during the worst time a movie like this could ever come out because let's just say it's about kind of being stuck in a rut and a lot of us were when it came out in spring of 2020 and every Letterbox review reflects that yeah i was a
0: lockdown watcher of it and it was a bit much so i uh i i am jealous of your
1: fresh eyes seeing palm springs outside uh, in a free world (laughs) yeah uh i at first i was skeptical because i was like oh this i've seen this premise before but they find new things to do with it and i was impressed by that but again i don't want to give away what it's about and
0: a great cast
1: yeah very good cast so palm springs recommended i also saw mona lisa because henry and i just saw roger rabbit in theaters i'll let you talk about that henry i'll let you no you could talk about that during your segment henry um and i was like you know what i've seen bob hoskins in super mario brothers and in who framed roger rabbit I should see a movie where he talks like a regular man. Where he <laughs> right. talks with his accent. So I saw Mona Lisa. I do recommend it. The ending's a little weird, a little uh, kind of a tonal clash, but it's a mostly lighthearted crime story where Bob Hoskins... He was sent down the river by a crime boss. Basically, they pin the blame on him easily. He gets out of jail looking for work. He ends up being the driver for a sex worker. And they have a, uh, a rocky relationship that develops over the course of the movie. And he's great in it.
0: Man, I, uh, that's a Neil Jordan one, right? Yes, but, it is. Yeah.
1: See, I've seen uh, the, the Crying Game, but I haven't seen Mona Lisa. I should see that one. And there's also The Long Good Friday. I don't think it's Neil Jordan, but it's another Bob Hoskins criminal movie.
0: Uh, have you seen Brazil? Yeah yes and i forgot he's in that right yeah that's the only other um pre roger rabbit uh bob hoskins movie i could think of also uh, a post later career one uh boy this is another one where it's like oh yeah it's uh, luke Besson's involved uh, another horrible monster but so i feel we're complimenting you too much but uh i prefer its international title and i'm gonna call it that because i forget the oh yeah i believe it is called unleashed everywhere else it's jet lee movie but i prefer danny the dog it as its name and it's where jet lee Li is like you know this this kill uh he's a assassin for um for a crime boss played by him about played by bob hoskins except he is a uh a an abused man who is treated like a dog by him and and it's about him finding hmm. his humanity and fighting and the so the evil crime boss is bob hoskins
1: he's, okay he's really good in it he plays uh, a lovable sweetheart in this movie and i did like him in it he's uh i mean i just want to give him a hug uh <laughs> i will say I, I was surprised he he's remarkably handsome uh, and i'm used to seeing him playing like rumpled guys like yeah, like uh, not danny devito like uh, mario and eddie valiant <laughs> right. but it's like oh he's kind he's really he really put together right? like he's a good-looking guy maybe when he's uh when you see him in the context of just only other british people you're like what a handsome man that that could be it (laughs) that could be it. uh his teeth uh looking good looking good Mm -hmm. bob hoskins rip uh and i also saw the kid detective it's another 2020 movie that came out during a nightmare time so no one really remembers it but it's a very canadian movie uh starring adam Brody and based on the premise i thought it was going to be like that movie uh, mystery team do you recall this movie henry no no i don't remember um, it's the Derek comedy movie with um okay now i remember yes danny like, glover no sorry uh, donald, glover. donald glover there you yes, go yeah <laughs> and it's like oh the kid detectives are now in high school and it's like kind of a spoof on the genre or whatever right okay uh, yeah now i remember that yes. um and i think it's like the other Derek comedy guys were like uh, workaholics writers too. yeah no it's yeah.
0: dc pearson and dominic durkis who yes. I've, I've been
1: on podcasts with and we're not Nice guys. Uh, I thought it was going to be like that, but it's not. And in fact, it's like a much more realistic take on that premise, in which Adam Brody was like an Encyclopedia Brown style kid detective and and that's clearly where he peaked in his life and the rest of the movie is a meditation on his failure as an adult as he tries to solve a murder oh so it's a gifted kid syndrome movie yes okay
0: i like this right.
1: uh and surprisingly dark surprisingly dark but uh i think it was totally a surprising movie and i didn't know about it until uh, nina wanted to watch it I, i'll
0: give you know that i'll add that to the list
1: though mona of all the ones you watched this month
0: that i haven't seen mona lisa should be my top
1: one mm-hmm. for sure yeah it, it's definitely recommended. Also, more new Beavis and buttheads still really good, and I finally got around to watching New Clone High. Yes, it's still very good. One thing I'm not seeing anyone talk about is how good the show looks because it doesn't look like any other adult sitcom that's animated on TV right now, and that is uh, refreshing. But it's also executed very well in that style. I don't see anyone talking about how great the animation is, and it, it's disappointing. It's really too
0: bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to. I haven't tweeted all that much about it because. I don't want to like spoil jokes in it because there's so many funny jokes, and but yeah, you're right. It doesn't feel I've I've watched. Uh, there were two episodes that dropped this week that are the end of the season. I haven't seen that yet. Also, what's with these two episode a week drops? Make stretch it out, make it a week at a time. Yeah, this is fucking max. So you know.
1: Yeah, I I thought like when did it start? There's suddenly ten episodes, but then yeah, I realized it was two week. Paramount's one a week with some butthead. But yeah,
0: the the I I follow several artists who work on it on Twitter, and they're younger people who uh, take a lot of pride of like. When we designed these new characters, we wanted them to feel a little newer, but still definitely within the same UPA-ish style of it. And they said, uh, too, that they barely redesigned uh, Cleo, Joan, and Abe, and that JFK had no redesign <laughs> except for his collar. This collar is the only thing that got redesigned from it, so huh. <laughs> he's exactly the same. But yeah, I love the new season there is a bit of these people have smartphones now comedy but it's handled better than i've seen pretty much any of these uh reboot cool seasons have it
1: it makes you think wow 2003 was a very long time ago and i was an adult then
0: i hate that yes i hate that i mean we're as old as scudsworth is in the show now with his with his qu- a little streak of gray and i mean and credit to lord and miller as voice actors too that scudsworth still sounds like scudsworth i feel i feel bad for now a 50 year old man having to scream as <laughs> scudsworth all the time
1: and hey will forte in his 50s having to scream as abe and
0: he he sounds slightly older to me i yeah. feel but he's still great of course he's great nicole sullivan has stayed she stayed uh, a little more youthful though even though she is like i listened for when we covered kim possible she talked about how like she surprised her voice sounds the same for when she played she then because she doesn't smoke all the cigarettes she used to smoke back then hmm. when she was doing she or doing uh Joan of Arc yeah as well. I,
1: I really missed hearing her voice and she's great too so uh, yeah I really recommend it I'm, I'm really happy it looks good it's as funny as it used to be and the voices are good and I like the new characters Frida Kahlo and Harriet Tubman just like how all the other characters their designs are immediately funny they nailed it with those characters too yes
0: oh and and Confucius he's oh. he grows on me too. oh yeah and oh, to- okay.
1: Topher Bus Topher Bus
0: yeah they're great and I like how they wrote off problematic characters in a funny way not just gandhi which is dealt with in like the first three minutes of the episode but also uh toots toots uh as well <laughs> and the uh,
1: the clone teacher the clone sheep teacher played by andy dick oh yes he's in the canceled corner yeah, yeah. no oh and i like how they recast Cleo, who the
0: actress for her is great, and then the original Cleo voice actress gets a brand new major character who's important to the series. Oh, I didn't see this yet. Okay, yeah, That's yeah. cool. Uh, Cleo is not the um, woman from the Drew Carey show, whose name I forget, the uh, the lead actress on that show, but uh, who's also married to Bill Lawrence, the uh, ah. co-executive producer of the show. But yeah, no, it feels it feels for real to me. La- and uh, n- uh, the last thing I'll say about the new Clone High that I love is that We've seen the other shows that when they get into the streaming age with these things, they have to reshape the show to make it work in streaming with constant cliffhangers clone high already did that so it is still just them continuing with overarching stories of love and stuff like it doesn't feel unnatural it actually is incredibly yeah. natural
1: and one thing i noticed is that it's not designed to be aired on tv every episode is about 26 minutes long so that's nice yeah. uh, it doesn't feel like they're taking too long to tell their stories but when i watch people and butthead it's like 19 minutes long because it's designed <laughs> to be put on tv later and yeah, there's 10 yeah. minutes of commercials now oh
0: man that's that is sick yeah it's on cable that's terrible <laughs> yeah but yeah i'm glad we're both loving the new clone high though you're uh, you're gonna have to sneak him into canada to finish watching the series <laughs> oh don't
1: worry they're on a hard drive as far as other things no no i have die. been uh doing nothing but podcasting and not seeing my wife for six weeks but i'm actually heading to vancouver a few days after this goes live to get the keys and then close on our condo and uh i'm very excited about that uh it feels such like an abstract thing right now but soon there will be a space that will be mine (laughs) it'll
0: uh, zoom out and this is all just a fever dream from april 2020 (laughs) and we're still trapped in the no no (laughs) that would be a that's a that would be a terrible twist ending to our podcast and i
1: have a very big patio and you're all invited oh boy i think i can hold everyone
0: (laughs) bbq at bob yeah
1: i don't i've never had a patio i don't know what i'm gonna do with it (laughs) the extra b is for bob (laughs)
0: it's not a typo <laughs> uh well so my month uh, i've been it's been a big old gamer month for me because i got uh a a friendly pal gave me a copy of diablo 4 and so i have been uh you know i mostly come off as a nintendo fanboy weeb not the type to be a diablo player but i actually played the crap out of diablo 1 and 2 skipped three played a little games like torchlight that were diablo-esque by some former diablo people and then diablo 4 is coming out and i'm hearing uh, well i play the beta and i'm like oh shit this is getting its hooks in me and especially it works great in a long distance relationship where we can just open up facetime and then be playing diablo cross console like he's in playstation i'm on xbox oh, that's nice and we're playing diablo 4 uh with each other and i'm I of course uh, as the uh, the beast guys the the big hairy the big hairy boys that's who I wanted to be as
1: Yeah all I can <laughs> add is that I worked in a game store when Diablo 2 was big and I heard th- I've heard the word Diablo pronounced about seven different ways <laughs> Diablo uh, I think Diablo is my favorite <laughs> <Diablo>. <laughs> uh, And uh, but that was just one of
0: the huge games that came out this month because Street Fighter 6 came out my husband is big into the fighting game community I have never And I played a lot of 2D and 3D fighting games with the pals back in high school and college, but haven't really given much time to it. And definitely not in the modern age of fighting games post Street Fighter 4. I just felt like I'll never be able to be as good as somebody online. Why bother? But he has been coaching me. I have been learning a lot. Also, Street Fighter Six has modern controls now, which is made for Smash Brothers people like myself. Uh, you
1: mean aging people?
0: Yes, yeah. With our old joints, <laughs> like uh, you want me to do a quarter circle? Not anymore. In now. This economy? <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's button plus direction, just like in uh, Smash Brothers, and and real pros play modern as well. They actually like it. Like it, I so that way I can just focus on strategy and he has been coaching me enough that i actually have had a few ranked matches where Hmm. i see through the matrix like the feel well not exactly but it's like this feeling of wait a sec he did a combo and now he has run out of frames so i can punish back with a combo oh and now i did anti-air i'm doing the things that they say on the street henry gilbert like playing the...
1: competitive games online <laughs> yes has the world well, gone it
0: topsy-turvy <laughs> it has gone to- i my husband is very happy i'm playing street fighter and yeah i'm 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 really enjoying the uh, the game so far playing playing it a little here and there online and It's single-player mode that rips off Yakuza, actually pretty good. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. You know, the reason I know it's out is because lots of very horny art of Kami and Chun-Li has been popping up on Twitter. And I'm like, where? what is this? Why is all this fan art popping up? Oh, it's not fan art. It's in the game. Oh, yes. they. <laughs> and I'm not complaining. <laughs> uh, no.
0: And well, and I like that it plays fair with the sexiness of all of the characters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen a, a new influx for sure of, uh, of, of ones for Zangief as well. And also, uh, though, my favorite to play as of the new, oh, and E-Honda. Look, if I were to date one of the Street Fighter characters, I'd want it to be e he owns business and he's a sexy big boy but my favorite character to play as in the new game is marissa the big uh, step on me mommy of the game (laughs) who everybody loves but like the
1: giant super buff Mm. uh gladiator lady well uh my wife is a kickboxer so in a way i'm actually dating a street fighter character (laughs) you've got Chun Li at home yeah no
0: or well No. uh sagat that's the style mm-hmm. she does muay thai so it beats a you god you've got but so that's i've been playing i did tears uh talked about that i played the final fantasy 16 demo and i did like it i actually was like oh it's good but i will say the reviews that say that it falls apart like in the last act like st- final fantasy games tend like to do every final
1: fantasy game
0: yeah i guess that means that it is a real numbered final fantasy yeah. but yeah and Though, also, I—it's not even that I am a big Game of Thrones fan, but I know Game of Thrones. And at the start of it, I'm just like, well, this is like one-to-one characters from mm. Game of Thrones here. Like, yeah.
1: I, I think, well, I don't have time for this, uh, so I'm going to wait for it, but uh, I've been hearing things like the PS5 version. It's an exclusive right now. It's a PS5 exclusive. I'm hearing there are a lot of frame rate issues with this game. And oh, that's really? inexcusable if it's an exclusive for a console that's almost been out for three years. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. I. This. You're right. It's been out for three years. This
0: thing needs to be settled. But at the very least, it's it's got good combat. I do like good combat. Uh, yeah.
1: I do want to play the demo before I pack up my ps5 but uh yeah
0: well and I can't even play the ps5 is in Seattle so I played the demo I haven't started it up yet and I've been playing a whole lot of Marvel snap it's spider verse month in it so there's a ton of new spider cards that I've been uh purchasing <laughs> and uh and lastly in two days comes out the game I've been waiting a long time for and it, I hope it's good the aew pro wrestling game that is uh, that is that. Uh, is supposed to hearken back to the get days of the Aki wrestling games like No Mercy and uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling that were my favorite wrestling games growing up. The, it's supposed to feel like it. It has been their intention. They've been working on it for four years, and it's finally coming out, and I oh, really cool. hope it's not a piece of crap. Four years? Wow, wow. They, yeah, They they announced it too soon, quite honestly, is what they did. But it was like... I am part of the problem of them having to announce it so soon because eight years ago, I interviewed Kenny Omega and asked him about how much he loved the hockey games and how it inspired him as a game, as as a wrestler. And then he said, I want to make this game. I wanted to make this game forever. So as soon as they got, uh, AEW existed and he worked there, he had to go like, yeah, I would like to make a game. And then it's like, he said it enough that people believed it. So like, we got to announce <laughs> it early, but...
1: But anyway, so those are the games. Oh, wait, I have one game I want to plug, actually. Upcoming games. I'm excited about this. I'm going to plug a game called Master Detective Archives Rain Code. It's by the guy who made Danganronpa, and it's the first game he's really made by himself. Well, not by himself, but it's the first game he's directed on his own in about six years. And I've been really looking forward to this. The last game he made was with a bunch of other people. wasn't that good. This time, it looks like he's been given a real budget, and it's out on the Switch on the 30th of June. I'm very excited about it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't know... I Because, yeah, when you said it's his first game in six years, I... I haven't touched a game of his since the Dong and series, but I r- I vaguely remembered advertisements of the next game from the Dong and guy. But now now I see that yes. it's uh, sort of uh, not true.
1: Yes, this this one is from him, and it's called Rain Code, and it has the same artist and the same uh, musician. So oh well, there you go. I'm very excited about it.
0: And uh, for watching stuff, I saw Shin Kamen Writer in the theater as part of its one night only thing. Um, it it was no shin godzilla but also i don't have a love of shin, of common rider that i do for godzilla so i understand that but it was really good and it was extremely
1: hidey like uh <laughs> you believe you me <laughs> was there a big titty character talking about her boobs
0: yeah but she is not on screen long oh but wh- yes. what are we doing yeah there there is a big titty character okay. yes yeah but um uh and i also saw across the spider verse sorry talked about that but it's really good it, it it broke the backs of all those vancouver animators but hey you can't uh, you can't argue with quality um and then on the other side of the coin of, of superhero movies i watched the flash because uh, okay let's hear uh, it yeah, i only know when I to get away from the flash when
1: i saw this on letterbox henry i thought henry how could you i i gave it one i've lowered it you supported it a ezra miller's crime spree <laughs> so, look Here's what happened. Okay. I
0: was in town for one weekend only with my with my husband. We wanted to see a brand new movie and he's like, "Let's just do it." Well, Let's there's only the one Flash. movie
1: you could ever see in theaters. We, we
0: wanted to see the hot new movie while it was out. And, it's it's a hot
1: it's a hot movie now? No, it's it's trash.
0: It's it's bad. I regret it. I especially because I did not know the end of the movie is a insult to life itself and and truly a horrible thing to do.
1: I yes. didn't know about the end of the movie, and I guess we won't spoil it, until mm-hmm. uh, I heard the recent Chapo Trap House about the movie. And I thought, like, why was this not publicized more? It's a crime. It, it's literally a crime. Like, it is it is digging up corpses
0: level. It's exhuming bodies for horrible. Yeah, there's... But there's like 20 minutes in it, and I'm like, eh, okay. But and obviously, of course ezra miller is like i how did this movie even get released it's insane that it got released it is it's the end that it is less successful than black adam like that's also (laughs) funny like this everything's falling apart in the dc universe it's terrible and also it's like oh it's a flash movie what are you watching for well there's like three different batman in it and you're gonna like that there's two
1: flashes yeah
0: there's two that that they were like, we need to have two Ezra Millers on screen all the time. Like people love this person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but to end on a quality note here, uh, we did get to see Who Framed Roger Rabbit for its 35th anniversary at the Castor Theater, and it wasn't just any old screening. They got, and I don't know how they did it, out of Disney the original archival 35 millimeter print. We were watching. The same prints that were being watched back in 1988 in a theater the way
1: it was meant to be seen at the Castro Theater. Well, I don't want to blow up anybody's spot here, but it was heavily implied that somebody from Pixar was responsible.
0: They, they just said local animation yeah. studio. That could be anything. Oh, the one that is still here? <laughs> well, especially because so n- that was just the start of it also charles fleischer was there and he was in total charles fleischer form of barely answering questions and being all over the place and he only did one voice that made you go like oh oh charles it's not 1988
1: anymore it's it was a real Rob williams kind of uh, maneuver there i yeah. mean he's from the same generation of comics and I, i'm pointing to my nose for some reason <laughs> yes uh but he but yes the then the
0: real treat of the night was that a certain unnamed person at some animation studio in San Francisco or the Bay Area had the original prints of the first three of all three Roger Rabbit shorts. We got to watch them in eight millimeter on the big screen, uncensored, like unlike you'll see on Disney Plus. And I, it, I also think it's probably Pixar because Caps worked on the third one. Oh yeah, when, yeah, it wasn't an in paint. So, but yes, I mean. Will that ever happen again? Will they ever, like, those shorts, will they ever be screened again in 35mm anywhere officially? I bet no. I would bet against it.
1: It was an incredible experience. I mean, uh, seeing the theater, A, but seeing a film print, B, then seeing the shorts, C, uh, it just all came together. And yes, I saw Roger Rabbit in the theater, but I was six. Mm. So this was the first time in 35 years that I've sat down in a theater to see a film of it being shown to me. And yeah, I, I saw Dick Tracy and Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. So I saw the first two shorts in theaters, but I never saw a far off place in theaters because who would? <laughs> no, no. So this would. is the first time I saw trail mix up in theaters.
0: Me too. Yeah. No, I didn't see. Uh, yeah, I did see the other two, but not trail mix up. I it was it was great it was such a great night and you know the Castro theater is going through some stuff but it was really great to get to see something one more time there and it was pride month we were surrounded by happy homosexuals everywhere which was great as uh did my husband came to town and we uh, the next weekend uh, this weekend and we we had some more pride fun which was good to do and uh and lastly Speaking of things I did with my husband, if you were at uh, the Seattle Mission Hill show, thanks for saying hi to me at it. It was a lot of fun, and if you weren't there, see the Mission Hill live show when Bill and Josh come to your town to show it. I believe they they haven't announced dates yet, but uh, they gave the impression that there are more shows coming. This was just their spring tour wrapping up at the very end of the spring, and they did two shows. It was their first night of doing two shows back-to-back ever. They did basically from... 7 p.m. to midnight they were they were uh showing stuff and they showed six episodes we watched six episodes together and then they sold some fun yeah that's like half the series (laughs) it was was really fun bill and josh were telling some fun stories one a, a couple we hadn't heard before and i didn't win either trivia contest in it because their last questions on each of them were questions about the unfinished episodes so they're like in the uh, in this unbroadcast episode what was the food that Jim really wanted to get when they're in the uh, the car ride mm. together like he's like guys i just got to go here and get food and i couldn't remember the name of the food item either i think we're the only people in history
1: to have done podcasts about those lost episodes
0: (laughs) i felt embarrassed that i i could tell him like i forgot it was chipping chicken dipsies oh the answer
1: hey but we won the trivia contest at roger rabbit together we
0: did we did yeah it was and it was a it was a team effort it really was yeah but uh but yeah they showed the things it was great to see bill and josh uh i think they loved hearing people laugh at the show together and they they also signed my original script of i married a gay man from outer space which they were uh they were like how did you get this like how could these possibly be available anywhere and josh
1: weinstein was like i could have just given you one
0: he did tell me that like you know i've got more of these in my my garage you he, sh-
1: have- he should loan us all of his table read scripts so we can just scan them and send them back just for the sake yeah. of
0: history all right we're gonna fly down to burbank next burbank flight or no i guess santa monica is well, where we can busy. just pay him
1: for shipping how about that
0: oh sure okay
1: <laughs> fine <laughs> but so anyway yes that was is my month okay we're gonna move on to Talking Simpsons comments the first set Of comments are from the look well pilot In dilly dylan says For the record look well wasn't the first TV show to start the Adam West We know today in 1989 Nick at night aired a pilot called cartoon lost And found which like look well Only aired once west played An older version of himself working at a secluded Office reminiscing and showing off the Classic cartoons from his childhood the pilot Was thought to be lost but resurfaced back In 2020 a fun Simpsons connection is that this was the first writing credit for Spike Ferriston, who later wrote Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming in Season 7. He was also a writer on Seinfeld, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and Letterman. Just like Conan, he was the host of his own late night show, Fox's Talk Show with Spike Ferriston. And this is Bob speaking. We, we covered all of that in our Writer's Corner for him, I believe, in that episode. Mm-hmm, yeah, that was a bit ago. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. like three or four years ago.
0: Though I had not heard of this cartoon, Lost and Found. That, yeah, it's uh, that does predate the Lookwell thing, but it does... It being 89, it does line up, too, with what Conan was talking about in his interviews of saying, like, there was a real, thanks to Batman 89 with Michael Keaton uh, being such a success that Adam West, like, got brought back. Like, people are like, wait, he was great. Let's remember that. And to do that in 89, also, speaking of things that are an insult to life in itself, what Poor Michael Keaton. I mean, no, he shouldn't. No, he took the job. He got paid. I shouldn't say it wasn't forced upon they him. They all but, go to
1: j- movie jail now. I mean, uh, George Clooney, Michael Keaton. Uh, well, the only thing that saved Val Kilmer was uh, being near death. God, he,
0: that's a sad way to put it. But yes, the
1: machine now, couldn't claim him.
0: He'd have been in this, and like, he, oh, you're not marketable. Sorry, and you're not dead yet, so we can't get your, you know, um, blue your, ghost. Uh, to yeah, show up. your likeness allowed in this thing. God, no, it's. Well, uh, also, I have a feeling Michael Keaton agreed to be in that movie when the ending was a very different movie, and then and he'd be in another movie after, and then by the time this the actual movie The Flash came out, everything changed about what his
1: character was going to do in it, but. It's, uh yeah, that movie sucks. Yeah. Damn shame. Yeah, if you want to see Cartoon Lost and Found, it's on archive.org. I did watch a bit of it. Uh, it's just basically him doing bumpers. Uh, he's not quite as deranged as he is on The Simpsons or Family Guy or Look Well, but they're having fun with him playing an eccentric. It's uh, I guess then it's like the Turkey Day uh, things he hosted back in the day, too. Yeah, yeah, good comparison. Yeah, check out those bumpers from like the 93 or 94 Turkey Day when they stopped writing 50 sketches and just said, just get Mamie Van Doren <laughs> or Adam West to host.
0: We're not gonna write a bunch of sketches for a thing that's aired once. Yeah. yeah. Although
1: those were all uh, recovered, and you can watch those still.
0: Yes. I uh, th- thanks uh, Shout Factory. Yeah. But I,
1: I think even back in the old like Rhino days. Oh, yeah, they were right. putting those on uh, discs and stuff.
0: Uh, so, uh, also on that episode, Matt Quintanilla says, I wonder if the pilot had gone to series and somehow lasted long enough, if it would have stumbled in- onto a formula of shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, where the protagonists are completely unsympathetic and nothing is ever resolved. As is, everybody seems to think Lookwell's not worth bothering with, and the sooner they get him to leave, the less damage he'll do. He's a celebrity and a kind of cop, so I could see society letting him get away with a lot. Yeah, I I am curious, you know,
1: had it actually gone even to a second season, like, what does the thing even hmm. morph into? I, I can see it being, like, Get a Life in that. In Get a Life, originally, Chris Peterson is the crazy character and everyone else is a straight man, but then everyone else had just become crazier to make the show more interesting. So I think Lookwell would have... Um, encountered other silly characters other Mm -hmm. than i mean people wouldn't just been like what's this guy talking about no get out of here he would have had other silly characters run across
0: i don't think they'd have to do the uh get a life thing of killing him every episode no no i think that i i was wondering that too when i saw mission hill again uh this weekend or last weekend was thinking like boy there'd been a season two of mission hill uh when it was new like in the year 2000 what would have changed like what would have been the you know the season one uh simpsons characters that then like who's the J. lauren prior of the first season of mission hill who would fall back in season two probably
1: the neighbors with the baby just because uh, they're like not crazy enough though they did get
0: a lot of cheers at the show like the the uh, the character the 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 jewish wife who's very anti-capitalist like she got the most cheers in the seattle audience hmm. like that was the funniest thing seeing it with a crowd who are just like her character, who was supposed to be like this extreme anti-capitalist, <laughs> like everybody's like, yeah, woo. And then when the jokes are like uh, the hot pants, the spicy pants aren't gay, they're not gay. It was like, no, that this everybody agrees with them now. Like, yeah, no, it's homophobic to say that those spicy pants are gay. <laughs>
1: And now we're on to how I spent my summer vacation. And Darren says, uh, Chris is right. They did do a joke with Disco Stu's family being different genres of music in season 32 in the episode where Homer worked at a Chuck E. Cheese style place as a teenager in the 90s. His parents were doo Steve and Public Domain Debbie. Um, Sure. I watched that episode and forgot that joke. Uh, but that
0: is, so we talked earlier about Matt Selman facing all of this stuff that, that was another episode where he executive produced it and said ahead of time, I know this is going to piss people off because we make Homer a teenager in the nineties who likes hip hop. Oh, that's the, yes, okay. yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> the one. So that's where for an episode he, uh, and of course that then graduates into when the flashbacks over. J.J. Abrams is making a movie based on the Chucky e. Sto- Cheese-style pizza place, and then Homer becomes a hater online oh. who says that J.J. <laughs> Abrams is destroying his childhood. Oh, yeah.
1: A part of the episode is a field trip to the Bad Robot Studios. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's,
0: uh, it's real, uh, a real jerk sesh for J.J. For Abrams, that one. Uh, Blake R. says about that episode, I know most Simpsons fans have dismissed the unauthorized oral history of the Simpsons book from 2009 but it did have some fun guest star gossip like for this one apparently Hank Azaria Mick Jagger didn't get along after Mick brushed him off when Hank tried to introduce himself. Good to hear they apparently had fun good to hear they apparently had fun in the recording booth though and i can't imagine anything sadder than going to a rock and roll fantasy camp because you saw homer simpson go to one
1: <laughs> like oh yeah i'm like homer simpson i should go to this and be sad too he's the man to emulate yeah i forgot about that story that book is mostly bad but it has about 10 new anecdotes that are unreported elsewhere so i really want to get a cheap copy of it and like just look up those 10 again
0: i have a kindle version still all saved up and yeah that was the last time i looked in it was when when we were talking about the rarely discussed Richard Sakai uh, it, when we did the the sushi episode. Oh, right. And how he is
1: kind of like uh, Smithers, right?
0: Yeah, he seems like a bit of a Smithers. Definitely unauthorized oral history paints him as the hatchet man for James L. Brooks, who's like, uh, you know, James L. Brooks is good cop, Richard Sakai bad mm. cop. But it also did sound like I still had sympathy for him, being the only japanese guy there who says like
1: hey this is kind of racist towards japanese people <laughs> i think he actually listened uh, they listened to him rather mm, yeah well
0: because they had to because yeah. he's a high level boss otherwise they wouldn't have mm-hmm. uh
1: moving on to camp Krusty. uh miles galaska says the section of the episode where crusty is with the queen at wimbledon isn't quite as strange as it first appears at wimbledon center court the best seats in the house are the royal box which as the name implies is reserved for the royal family and their guests You frequently see celebrities there during the tournament alongside establishment grandees and members of the royal family. The episode takes a bit of a liberty having the actual queen there, as Lizzie, too, didn't care for tennis and rarely took advantage of the royal box herself. In fact, she only went four times in 1957, 1962, 1977, and 20. 10 her appearances were so infrequent that not only did she not watch lendl play becker there the gap between her last two appearances included the entirety of both their careers so wow. not not a tennis fan. It's one of the lower class of sports. <laughs> uh, not when tennis isn't fancy enough for you. That's when you're one of the fanciest people in the world. The, uh, the kind of sports royalty enjoys is let's all get on horses and chase a fox until it dies of a heart attack.
0: Right. Yes. Now that's sports. Uh, now that sport, we get to see the fox suffer, rip to sh- and then rip to shreds after it's had that heart attack. Uh, man i didn't know about uh i i giggle each time i hear the royal box. royal box yes but uh, that's where prince charles came from <laughs> ooh, ooh. Ugh, that guy uh but yeah 19, no, only doing it uh four times that's uh, a surprise as well i did not know this so that makes it even sillier that the one time she would be in the royal box in the 1990s would be a fictional time with <laughs> Krusty the clown as her guest uh rob mcbride says about camp crusty very interesting the scrapped mr burns relation to mr black everything below his nose is a similar design to mr burns as you know in addition to camp deadly bart versus the world also featured a rogues gallery of burns relatives have there been any canonical burns relatives in the show I'm drawing a blank. I can remember Burns' parents and son featured at least once and the mysterious Kaiser at his wedding to Miss Bouvier <laughs> Sr. The non-canon video game relatives are almost Kang variant-like I think that boat in Rumble was some sort of hovercraft. Great shows, as usual, y'all. So thanks. And that's Rumble in the Bronx, he's talking about. Oh, there. okay. Yeah. That uh, was a hovercraft, not a hydrofoil, I suppose, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> all of the bosses in Bart vs. the World for the Nintendo, uh, the 1992 video game, we have... Uh, the now-canceled Fu Manchu Burns. Oh. Uh, so I guess Burns has like a uh, Mongolian, uh, a Chinese? Sh- sure, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, they weren't thinking that much about it. Uh, uh, the Abominable Snow Burns, uh, Ramsey's oh. Burns, and Eric Von Burns, a reference to Eric Von Stroheim, the famous director. Oh, wow, yeah. man. I the kids love that.
0: <laughs> it has been a long time since I even thought about that game. I, The only other Burns relative other than the, of course, parents and Larry Burns that we know about in the show that I can think of is also spongy canonicity uh and I'm sure there were some in comic books as well but I count the early stuff a little more in canon uh the in the Simpsons uncensored family album in the family tree they show how Burns is somehow long-term connected to the Simpsons family, like Mm. way, way off and long off family tree. And they make up some family members in there too. Though, of course, that's where... Um, Mona Simpson has a different name. Her original, I believe, was Maggie Simpson. Okay, no, no, not it was her name is a Margaret, and that's where they got Maggie from. But she, it's not Muddy Mae Suggins, but it's the other one in her fake names or Martha Stewart. But they they changed that to Mona Simpson as a tribute to a man soon to be ex-wife.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think usually with Burns, the joke is he outlived all of his family members and only secretly had one son. So there's just nobody left except for that Kaiser guy. (laughs)
0: Uh, that is, uh, yeah. You know what? That's why he's trying to adopt (laughs) an
1: so our next uh set of comments is from what a cartoon movie the episode toy story 4 and Yancey senior says a little pet peeve of mine concerning the rhetoric around potato head in this movie there's a screenshot of a paragraph that seems to go viral every couple of months about how disney works so hard going through quote 30 years of an extended media catalog with outtakes video games and cut lines from don rickles for potato head in this movie And reading the paragraph, you think, yeah, they did an amazing job. But then you watch the movie, and I think he says like three or four lines. The best one is, hey, watch it, buddy, (laughs) which I think they get from Toy Story 1 anyway. (laughs) And yeah, I agree. Like I said, uh, Toy Story 4 is missing that potato head spice. Everyone is just getting along a little too much, even the villain. Yeah, you really need him there to shake it up. but and, and
0: and also, yeah, that they brag that they're like, oh, we got so much. I Even in, after seeing it the first time, in my memory, I was like, yeah, he, I guess he did say a few lines. I didn't even notice it. Now, watching it uh, very closely, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't say anything in this movie at
1: all. And, you know, now I'm thinking about it more, they immediately replaced uh, Jim Varney.
0: That is kind of cruel, yeah. honestly. Yeah, they didn't have any, I mean, I guess... The movie barely had the prestige. Like so, he, if he had been in a second one, maybe they'd have felt bad to replace him in 2010 and just gotten rid of old Slink. Though I mean, I I love the old guy who does Slinky still. Since yeah, the, who's rapidly aging as well.
1: But arguably, Potato Head is more important to the stories and the movies are telling. I really feel like I don't know. Maybe it was too soon, but uh, we need a new Potato Head.
0: No, you you definitely need another one. I th- like you you need somebody to tell them like i'm gonna kill you like I, i'm gonna like you're dead you're Just murdering th- dog <laughs> yeah. so uh oh and i looked it up in, in the uncensored family album her name is penelope Olson oh, okay that was the original name given in and that. they did include that in mother
1: simpson's yes yeah. yeah
0: uh but uh but yeah so uh also on toy story four the important cinema club says duke kaboom is also based on canadian stuntman ken carter the subject of the nfb documentary the devil at your heels 1981 in which the entire thing is building up to him doing a jaw-dropping dirt bike jump without any planning at all hence the joke of kaboom being very good at crashing
1: yeah did not know that so
0: they didn't just make up A Canadian Evil Knievel. There was a Canadian Evil Knievel equivalent named Ken Carter. And the, all of the crashing now, I do believe, like not that not that Evil Can didn't crash, but this all this crashing and doing things very quickly with no planning—that sounds a little more like the Ken Carter I'm hearing described here. But he
1: had great healthcare, unlike Evil Knievel.
0: <laughs> he could, sur- Yeah, you're right. He didn't have to suck. Uh, he didn't have to take on as many debts
1: afterwards from his injuries. One thing I do know: the important cinema club is uh, Will Sloan's other podcast. Michael and us is Will Sloan. Oh wow! So yeah. if
0: that was you, Will Sloan? Hey, thanks. Thanks. That's uh,
1: and if it was the co-host, uh, no thanks. No, Stop no. commenting.
0: <laughs> no, we like you too, uh, but and NFB is that, is that the PBS of National Canada? Film Board? Oh, uh, yeah. right. That they, I know them from all of the shorts I watched as a kid. They got shown for free on American television. The cat came back. Yes, that was my favorite as a kid. Loved it. Watched it eight million times to the point that it drove my mom crazy. You we had no it choice. It, it aired every
1: commercial break on Nickelodeon <laughs> because they couldn't sell enough commercials.
0: And I loved it every time. I wanted it. I wanted it more, more, more of that than the dentist cartoon. I didn't want.
1: That I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to our what a cartoon episode about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Joe Hodgson's says, April was always envisioned as a white individual by Eastman and Laird. The confusion stems from Eastman being married to a woman named April at the time, who was mixed race, and obviously that's where the name came from. She also gets a new hairstyle during the early part of the Mirage run, which was a perm, not an uncommon style at the time, and Eastman is on the record as saying he used his wife's hair as a model of sorts, and I think that's where most of the confusion stems from. It's not really important, but it basically came about over the past few years as a gotcha to shout down racist assholes who were upset that April was made a black woman for the latest show rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles
0: i see okay so it's not exactly i, I understand now i'm totally fine with april being black, and in the majority of stuff now it seems like like that that's her in the new series as well or Is the she, new movie, the movie coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh i didn't know that okay in mutant mayhem yeah yeah and so well it's also like i've noticed that um coming soon in the next month and i'm looking forward to it originally a max original but now it's on adult swim instead <laughs> um my adventures with superman the new anime-esque looking oh superman yeah
1: series i saw that and it's like two episodes
0: uh, Yeah, well, well they're just dropping two episodes and then it's going to be weekly on adult swim but uh yeah in it i believe it's another one of the things i've seen where lois lane is asian american of of some uh background i'm not exactly in, in another thing i've seen recently a new one with with lois uh she has a chinese mother uh and i believe she's mixed race with a with a, a caucasian father but the the point is that i think they they're also i i'm totally fine with with her being asian as well like that's that's fine and like lois lane being white is not truly really, key to her character so long as her dad is still a racist evil general as oh that's long how as, it works yeah her, okay her, her dad is a an evil general in the military who hates superman not so. one of the handsome generals <laughs> not one of those wonderful handsome generals no uh and christmas ape actually on the on this lois and clark show they did a plot with that character where her dad built a robot clone of a woman to be his new wife and brought her to christmas and oh it's like,
1: <laughs> so he like basically brought a sex doll to christmas
0: yes yeah okay uh, yeah <laughs> anyway christmas ape said your takeaway at the end of the podcast is mine as well it's really nice to see at least one mega popular franchise where the original creators didn't get screwed over even after selling to a mass- massive media conglomerate It seems to be one of the better managed nostalgia franchises, too, because every time I check in to see what they're doing in the comics or the cartoons, they always sound at least somewhat interesting, and they don't usually come off as desperately pandering. How many people in the late 80s and early 90s would have expected that the Ninja Turtles, of all things, would still be doing perfectly okay over 30 years later? And uh, in a world where we're seeing what The Flash is now... (laughs) I really think, yes, Turtles is lives their lives with so much more dignity than so many of the things that were popular at the same time.
1: They really lucked out.
0: I mean, Michael Keaton is sold out everything for yeah. his
1: character to be in that movie. It's so bad. Is that because he didn't win an Oscar or did he win an Oscar? He did not win an okay, Oscar. Okay, so he's like, fuck know. it.
0: Yeah, he's he's like, I'm sick of trying. I said no to this for 20 years, but fine. I'll be fucking Batman. You want me, you want me to say the line? And then... If they hadn't shown in every trailer him saying the lines that you knew he would say in the movie. Let's (laughs) get nuts. And he says, I'm Batman. He does all of it. It's like, save that for the movie so I at least have something to see.
1: No, they're (laughs) trying to get you in the door with those lines. You put up with the flash.
0: But the promises of like, well, if they do that, then they must have something else to show you. No, they don't. (laughs) Unless you count seeing a CGI model fly around and and you have a complete disconnect of like i know michael keaton can't do that why why (laughs) are you doing this he couldn't do this when he
1: was 30 that's upsetting
0: yes uh moving
1: (laughs) on to crimes of the hot talking futurama eric schumann says enjoy this episode in the buster poindexter sidebar at the end back in 2006 the reunited new york dolls played my radio stations music festival The only original members were David Johansson, who, as you pointed out, is still with us in 2023, and guitarist Sylvain Sylvain, who sadly is not. I remember David being very interested in learning about the various ships docked along the (laughs) waterfront, and that the power went out during their set, but they kept going like it was nothing. The Dolls had the Mercer Art Center collapse around them in 1973, after all. There's a picture of me with David somewhere, but let's just say we both look a lot better now than we did 17 years ago. (laughs) And good for both of you guys. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Eric, I would have just asked him, like, man, was is bill murray a dick i hear he's a dick (laughs) i hear he's a dick especially on that set i hear
0: he's a real dick (laughs) yeah that's great to get to see to get to see the reunited new york dolls live and yeah how punk rock the power goes out and they're like now we're not stopping (laughs) we're not taking a pause that's great uh Blake R. says, it's still bonkers to me that the Environmental Protection Agency was put into place by Nixon of all presidents. Nowadays, it would be wild for even the sitting Democratic president like Biden to create something like that versus the modern, well, we'll try to have this sorted by, let's say, 2050 approach. I always... I was always a little surprised the Nixon connection never came into play in his role in the Simpsons movie. Maybe Groening just had his fill of the tricky dick. Hmm. Uh, yeah. No, I I always forget that about the EPA thing and the, and the Nixon goes to China thing. Like, he actually did. He accomplished some things, old tricky dick, uh, compared to... Compared to, say, Joseph Robinette Biden, perhaps.
1: Yeah, and I, I assume if we asked Kamala Harris about that, she would say, it is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. <laughs> I had to look it up because it makes no sense as a sentence.
0: That is a wonderful, horrible sentence of a person who doesn't know what they're... I mean, man, things ain't looking great for Dems right now, guys. I gotta say, I they, we got a really unpopular president and the vice president... I don't think can handle it, guys. I'm sorry. I I know we all wanted her
1: to really, really succeed, but my I, I said, prove us wrong, yeah. Kamala. Prove us wrong. <laughs>
0: but her time as vice president, I do feel like has been classic vice president. Though then again, hey, I said Joe Biden is such a boring lame o vice president. He'll never
1: be president either. And yet here we are. So they, she might prove us all wrong anyway. My advice is, do not come do not come now we're going to move on to talking of the hill the episode was good hill hunting and maverick says there's a lot to say about the myth of quote hunting for conservation so i will try to keep it brief number one hunting is necessary for population control this is the main defense of hunting from the hunting establishment that the public has come to widely believe but look beyond the false narrative and you will find over 350 officially registered deer breeding farms in wisconsin alone why are they increasing the deer population all over the country? The answer, to keep up with the demand for animals to hunt. This is why the population control argument is a false one. These populations are artificially created for the sole purpose of hunting and killing them. Two, the 10 largest non-profit conservation organizations contribute $2.5 billion annually to habitat and wildlife conservation. Of this, only 12.3% comes from hunters and 87.7% comes from the non-hunting public. So what maverick is saying is that hunting for conservation is bullshit it's all uh, i should have figured it was
0: hunter propaganda but uh, i mean the population control thing that's funny to learn that there i should have realized there's deer breeding i mean in the episode at la grunta they are buy they must be buying those deer from a breeding place but yeah if you if deer population is so bad and they need to be killed off why are we making more deer in breeding farms for like for profit? Then clearly there aren't enough deer that the, they are needing to make more deer to then have the too many. Oh, there's too many deer. You got to shoot them kind of bullshit. Like,
1: I feel uh, like if you've got a gun, you can find something to kill in america (laughs) there's no shortage
0: yeah yeah or i mean just it's just do target practice or skeet shooting become a cop you can shoot every dog you see it's great (laughs) god yes yeah i mean well that see they they uh they're they're just not enough of a of a psychopath to want to be a cop i guess they they can uh, killing one deer a year uh that's enough but uh one deer a month
1: that's all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> deer or beer month but yeah. thanks for the uh, hunting information maverick i will keep it with me at all times yes yeah <laughs> uh but yeah this has been another episode of talk to the audience again folks we're gonna have a little bit of a later july because henry and i are making some big moves and setting up in our new locations. we need a little bit of time uh to do that but we appreciate you uh suffering through a few of the uh later weeks uh but that's all going to make up for it in the future because we'll be able to record more we'll be able to be more productive and we'll be able to spend um save money on edits that month and then put that towards uh, new equipment and building new studios and stuff mm-hmm. plus we'll be have we'll both be happier and healthier in our more balanced lives living with our spouses full time yes i think <laughs> husbands should live with their wives i'm <laughs> shouted <laughs> out <down> in public
0: <laughs> no i've uh, i've had only six months of this long distance thing that you you've gone through much longer than that bob and it it's not fun no, it i don't stinks. like it yeah that will be rectified soon <laughs> yes for on both our sakes so so yes uh look forward to all the cool stuff we got the the bugs life uh give a give that a watch to, if you want to be ready right ahead of time and uh hope you guys have a a happy well, if you get the time off and, uh, like, you don't got to celebrate America, but uh, have a happy July 4th either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a It's a day. It's have a day. good 4th of July day.
1: Have a good day. Or a Bastille Day, if that's what you celebrate instead. Who knows? Whatever. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Talk to the Audience. Take care. infotainment i'm gonna miss springfield this town's been awfully good to us
0: no it hasn't dad that's why we're leaving oh yeah so long stink town